Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Experts Podcast. <laughs> How are you, Lana Hill? I'm good. I thought you were going to start singing then. I, I sometimes do. When you put a <laughs> microphone in front of me, I am tempted to, but I, I would not put that on even my worst enemy. Well, you know what? to have to hear me sing. I'm not adverse to doing a little bit of singing with a microphone, but I won't do it today. I hear you're very big on the karaoke, uh, <laughs> the karaoke uh, trail. Kind of a big deal. You are a kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, the person we've got with us, Mike Drysdale from Dear Storyteller. He's also. He's kind of a big deal. He is. Oh, don't oversell it. Now, we, hang on. You've been <laughs> podcasting longer than you've been in this office or been longer than <laughs> that's, doing... That's true, yeah. been doing lots of... You, you are a bit of a podcasting guru, but let, let's just quickly introduce you. Mike Drysdale uh, from Dear Storyteller. Um, tell us a little bit about Dear Storyteller. Yeah, sure. So, well, Dear Storyteller is a branded entertainment agency based in Perth, Western Australia, and essentially we turn brands into their favourite storytellers. Instead of creating adverts that interrupt you on the way to the story that you want to watch or listen to, yes, we'll create the story instead. How's it going? It's is going it, really well, yeah. Well, well, I assume so. You're here. You're here on the Experts <laughs> Podcast, so you must be doing all right. My life is on the way up, yeah. <laughs> it's just getting better, Mark. It's just getting better. But are, are brands seeing this as a viable means of communication today? Is this is this where it's heading? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a challenging space for a lot of brands, I think, because for so long, for a for 100 years, there's been this paradigm which is like, Oh, yeah, what we do is we put out advertising, we tell people about our products, and then they buy them. Mm. And then more and more, just the way that communications has gone, the way that media has gone, the way that streaming services have gone, ads are the enemy. Mm. We're trying to get them out of our life as much as possible. And so how do you create content that people actually want to come and see? And because that problem has become so prevalent the seeking out answers has become more prevalent as well. And so it still takes a bit of a leap, still takes a bit of a a kind of leap of faith to go out there. But once they start to see the thinking come together and the strategy come together and they see the ways in which that they can actually earn their audience rather than pay for it, yeah, I think they're really keen on that. Am I I a little unusual, Lana? And and don't answer that very quickly (laughs) in that I actually like ads. And and the thing is about ads, and you know, think of the 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 um, the American football. Think of you know the yeah Super Bowl Super Bowl. The the biggest day for ads is mm. that, and and geez, they're good, but they are almost what you're talking about here, aren't they? Yeah, they are storytelling. They've changed from that big. Uh, I want to sell you something to, I want to embrace you. You need to come in and, and, and be part of my brand. Yeah, and I love ads too. I probably watch more ads than anybody else I know, which is such I a... I refuse weird. to get the Spotify um, f- 
premium service because I actually like to see and hear oh. the brands that are advertising through that. I'm fascinated by them. No, don't interrupt my music with advertising. Oh. I got yeah. Spotify premium so long ago because that one <laughs> Spotify ad of that, that they used to run, which was just like, Spotify premium is available. <laughs> that just drove me mental, so I had to get it. But what you're talking about, the Super Bowl ads, yeah. what they do that's so fantastic is that they basically most of them they either just tell stories straight up and they're more akin to like short films than they are ads. So Absolutely. True. Or they find some other form of entertainment and an, an entertaining format and they use that as the vessel for carrying their brand messaging. And I like to call this genre bending where essentially they take this genre, which might be, um, you know, murder mystery or, or another really popular is true crime podcasts or whatever. And then they just attach that to their brand and they're like, well, what would it look like if Shapes made a, a true crime podcast um, to, in order to appeal to the, <laughs> the women that inevitably will be obsessed with the latest true crime podcast? And they parody some of those conventions. And because you instantly, human beings, were pattern recognizing machines, as soon as we see one or two things that match the conventions of a particular genre, we go, hang on, what, what is this? Mm. And it tricks our brains. And we, but most of the time... Ads look like ads. Yep. They follow advertising conventions instead of entertaining conventions, and those are the ones that we ship. <laughs> you can you can say it. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the ones that we ignore or shift off of. <laughs> I didn't even try to say. It. I, th- I thought he was going. That was magical. Like that. that was a gorgeous little <laughs> moment in time. I what I agree with you, Mike. And what I think the key is though, um, being able to, as you say, trick the audience or just suspend your disbelief and your and your kind of critical viewer. Thing I watched a, an ad, I think it was for the Kerry Stokes Foundation that was on during Flashpoint just recently for the uh, City of Perth mayoral election and it was that storytelling style. It had uh, Jack Thompson with his mm-hmm. glorious voice and mm. glorious storytelling approach um, and I can't remember the poet that he was he was talking about but I have to admit I was watching it and I was enjoying Jack Thompson because he's got a great voice but I was thinking, hang on. There's an ad coming for me at mm-hmm. the end of this. But the greatest ones, you just get so sucked up in it and you feel the feels and you you just and you don't even know. You kind of you, you think, oh, it has to be an ad somewhere, mm-hmm. but you're not sort of waiting for that kind of, you know, for the catch at um, the end of the ad. Hundred percent. And and I think it comes down to whether or not they've earned it or not. Yes. Right? There's that feeling of like if you get to the end and you find out that it's a brand and they've earned it, you go. God, that was good. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. Give me another one, please. You don't feel tricked. Yeah, I've got a great one for you. If you guys, after this, go away and search the true story of Nadam. Right. N-A-D-A-A-M. Um, these guys are a cashmere company uh, that make jumpers and all that sort of stuff. The ad starts with, uh, you'd have to be insane or stupid to go out into the middle of the Gobi Desert with $3 million in cash. Yeah. And then you see them driving along. And I've shown this at talks at WA Screen Academy and some other places where I've been talking about this, and I've paused it multiple times, five seconds in, 10 seconds in, 15 seconds in, and asked, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's a crime movie. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a documentary. That's awesome. No, it's a, and, and by the time that you figure out that it's an ad, you're like, oh, you guys won me over two minutes ago. Let's go. Let's, I'm all in. <laughs> yep. And it's just satisfying. And I remember the first time I showed that to Claire, one of my co-workers, we finished the video and she's like, oh, cool. 
how do I watch the full thing? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? There is no full thing. That's the full thing. And That's she's awesome. Like, and she's in this space, so yeah. she's getting fooled. Uh, but, but are we being, I mean, in all forms of advertising, we're being sold to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's probably the method and means to which we are being sold to is how we behave to that. Do, do we feel that we've been fooled or do we feel that, I mean, it's all subjective, of course, but is this the process, the thinking of the, the person coming up with this concept? Uh, th- at the end of the day, we, we are selling something. Has yeah. the consumer been fooled to buying it? I think that we, I think that as human beings, we all love to buy stuff. Yeah. We don't really like to be sold to. Yep. And I think that that process of, of um, wanting to buy something comes through being fooled feeling like we're seen and feeling like we're understood. Mm. And I think a lot of these branded entertainment pieces, what they do really, really well is that they enter a conversation that the customers were already having, like their specific group of customers, um, rather than doing what advertising usually does is there's a, a group of friends talking over there. The marketer stands over here and goes, hey, guys, I want to talk to you about vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing vacuums out the door for 100 bucks. you got to get one. And like that's a ludicrous thing to do nowadays. But if you establish yourself as part of that customer's tribe and go, hey, you're people like me and people like me do things like this, yep. that's where you get real traction. One of the things, Mike, at Media Stable, and particularly when we're producing content for the media, the the ideas, the the, the drain that it is on individuals to come up with different stories and how to tell them, I'm imagining that this kind of process is very heavy on the ideas space. It, it, it must be draining, and, and it's going to lead to my next question is, how much does this cost compared to that of a your normal advert that doesn't take a lot of thinking, you know, here's the product, sell it, done? Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's a fun <laughs> question to ask. Um, really put me on the spot there, Hazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the experts podcast, Mike. We didn't get you in for your just your good looks, but you are a good-looking fella. <laughs> what do we got? Is it is it Yeah. The packages really range, right? And um, usually what we'll want to do is really focus on strategy from the standpoint. Yep. Um, if we can get in, understand the DNA of the company, who you really are, what you value as a company, what your brand persona is, mm-hmm. then we can write a brief that is so tight that it will in- inevitably inform anything that you do for the next two, three years, whether it's through us or anyone else. Yep. Um, and that's where it all really starts. Um, and and those strategies kind of just depend on on the, the, the budget that they, they can play with for how, how deep that they can go. It can range anywhere from 8 to 25K depending. Um, but then the, the production side of things, the actual uh, filming of ads and things like that, that depends on... Uh, the scope, like how how complex what we're yeah. doing is, the acting, the talent, uh, how many cameras we need on the day. So the point I, I, point I'm heading towards is that this kind of investment's worthwhile. Yeah, if you've if you really want to do it better than everyone else, exactly. And, and I think that there is something, Lana, there that a lot of people, you know, I've 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 even recently heard it was during uh, Australian Ninja. There was a particular brand out there that the stations were selling ad space, including production of video, the production of the ad, you know, for a couple of thousand dollars. Wow. Now, what kind of ad are you going to get for a couple of thousand dollars? <laughs> and how does that reflect your brand? I mean, if, if your brand's only worth a couple of thousand dollars, then go yeah. ahead and do it. 
put a little bit of thinking and time into this. I think this is the future. I think we've got to put more time into how we amplify our brand. Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, it's at the risk of sounding cheesy and like we're trying to sell something here today. <laughs> it is that ethos of, um, you know, adding value to the viewer or the listener or the reader is is what we we are about, Nick. You know, mm. it is that editorial content that doesn't leave the the viewer or listener like they're you know being sold to. Mm. I, and I think most brands now are, um, you know, they're, they're on of the same understanding as us. Mike, I want to ask you: depending on the platform, do we do you think we have different kind of tolerance levels for the level of kind of cheesy sell, like say social media versus traditional media. Because I think most people these days get really angry about super cheesy ads in traditional media, whereas kind of Facebook and Instagram, you do kind of expect there to be a level of cheesiness and aggression in those platforms. That's also because a lot of the businesses that are operating on those platforms are fairly unsophisticated, right? Like Ah, they can be single person operations and- they're doing their darndest and they're retargeting <laughs> you and they're getting you to try and buy their kind of little widget that they've got that they've, they're have they trying to get out there. I think when you are a brand that is in a sophisticated market or you're trying to scale up to be sophisticated yourself, yeah, there's so much value that having a brand and brand equity has in that situation. It's the intangible bias. If you're staring at product A and product B, and there's really not much of a difference between them. Mm. So often it'll be, what is buying that? What's the story that that says about me? Yes. Yeah. And so when I tell my friends that I got it from X instead of Y, do they go, hey, nice? Yeah. Or do they go, oh, why'd you get it from there? It's such a good point. The consumers of today, they're choosing products that align with their their own values and and yeah. it's aligned with their own brand yeah. per and, se. Yeah, exactly. John Hughes has been doing it for thirty years. Choose your dealer before you choose your car. <laughs> I'm John Hughes. Absolutely, my first car was from John Hughes. So. Oh, Mine well too. Played. Well, not my first, but I did buy go down there, and he actually sells the cars. Stop yep. it. He, he does. Yeah, he spoke yeah. to me as well. One on one. Yeah. Stop. I love that. Yeah, well, you you'll be buying your next one then. Oh, I'll have to make a visit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored, no. <laughs> but if you're interested, John, my number is 0415. Uh, um, talk us t- about content. I want to I just sort of shift it a little bit there because back to my uh, other point that I didn't really um, push hard was that content is difficult for a lot of people to produce. It's not easy. And, and if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. What's some of the advice that you give to, to people that you work with? You do workshops, you help them come up and frame different ideas uh, an expert looking to f- communicate with media, what kind of stories should we be telling and what stories should they be telling? Well, I mean, first things first is you've got to join the conversations that your customers are already having, right? Love that. And second, secondly, oftentimes it helps to work with an expert to kind of grease the wheels. We're having this conversation um, around a strategy at the moment where we're, we're pitching the person to do a podcast, Mm. think that that's great for him, great for his business opportunities because even in the process of getting people into the other chair to do that podcast, that's a sales opportunity so for true. you, right? Um, but at the same time, we identified that he might struggle with that. Um, yeah. And so it's like, but if you had a co-host, I mean, and this happens everywhere, right? There's an NBA player, JJ Redick, uh, who started his own podcast ab- about six months ago and he got one of his best mates who's also a journalist to co-host it with him. And he just makes sure that everything flows yeah. so that JJ can be the colour guy and come in with the 
the the hot take or the the player's perspective or what ha- not. And it's if very much the, like Lana, like I, I was just going to say, who's the colour guy in your no, case? No, 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 you're the colour. You're all <laughs> colour, Lana. All colour. Yeah, whereas Nick is the media professional. Ah. Oh, oh geez, you're, you're, pull, you're pulling a few uh, strings a little too tight there, but uh, we'll go, I'll go with it. And Good the, example. And, and then in another example, in the, in the written format, right, like I remember we put out um, uh, some articles last year for people where essentially they came in um, were recorded uh, with our senior copywriter Claire Reid um, in an interview, and then she ghost wrote for them. And awesome, because so many people find that really intimidating. But it's like it's all your thoughts, it's all your stuff. Yeah. But it's when it comes to putting words on paper, that's what she's paid to do. Yeah. So you come in, get recorded. We'll download that knowledge from your brain, and then we'll put it into something that reads well. Yeah, and and not too dissimilar to what we do here, Lana. Where it, it is, we we don't go out of our way. You know, we with all of our experts that work with Media Stable are, it's their thoughts, it's their opinion, it's their position, it's their view. It's just that it's not whatever they put down on paper. It's not the way the media wants it. Yeah. So we that. that's where we it's a reframing exercise. reframe, repitch. Yep. You know, shape. You know, top and tail it. Give it something there that media is going to find not just enticing, but also to beat that other 30 or 40 other stories that are coming through. Yeah, because you speak their language. Correct. And that's what we all need, don't we? Yeah, I think, definitely. I think translator. A translator. Some, <laughs> yeah. some people need more translators than others. <laughs> you beat me to it. Thank you. Lana, I'm on fire today. I'm watching you. I'll, I'll let you have all the colour. Um, so, Mike, uh, f- from a, a storytelling perspective, the future of... Of, our, of human beings communicating. Mm-hmm. Is this where it's all heading? Is this the? Is there going to be more time and energy? We're coming out of COVID. Picture ourselves, you know, sort of 12 months ahead of now. Uh, is this where we're heading? I think in order to break through the noise, yeah, um, it absolutely is. And I'll tell you the reason why. Human beings are hardwired to want to listen to stories and to see how they resolve. Yep. We're not hardwired to want to listen to rhetoric. If somebody tells us our product is better because of A, B, C, and D, we've been lied to that many times Sure have features and benefits that we just shut off to it. That's the stuff that we don't listen to. But if I start talking to you about this story about my mum, mm-hmm. you can't help but start to think about your mum <laughs> because we're empathetic creatures. We put ourselves in the shoes of the people in the story. Mm. And as soon as that does, the critical thinking switches off and the messages get in there because we've been taught from the the moment that we could understand language, we've been taught things through stories. And so when you start to tell a story through a metaphor, uh, you start to teach a lesson through a metaphor, people like go, oh, I understand why that works for me, why that's really good. I should definitely do that. Yeah, it's so powerful, Lana. It's just so powerful in that... As a, as a as human beings, we love a good story. We do connect and start to feel like it's more than just words. It's it's something the the emotions that are flying through, and I think we've got to see more of that in media. I think you know media as a whole. I think they've got to be telling their stories in a in a far more emotional way, or at least something that taps into that audience that uh, that gets them. That's just not noise. Yeah, definitely. And I think the point is telling it in a way that really resonates with the way that their audiences want to receive it. Because I think traditionally 
in traditional media, they have told their stories in a way that they have always told them because they're traditional media and that's how they do it. But I think what we have seen with obviously social media, the digitisation of traditional media, it is changing. The way they're telling their stories is changing. A great example is the West Australian here, you know, main publication, the paper, and then the podcast conversation, the West Live that happens with Jenna Clark. That's a kind of just different ways of telling the same story. But I think media, being able to give their audience options to engage rather than just kind of dictating this Mm. is how you have to do it um, can only be a positive thing in the long run. So it's such a good point because that that whole dynamic has changed now. You mm-hmm. know, the fact that, you know, you will be here at six o'clock to watch my news. <laughs> you know, you will be there till mm. seven to then watch Neighbours. That was back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> but these days we just, it's a consumer driven. It's on demand. It's on demand. Yeah. And we choose and pick and tell them yeah. when we watch how we watch. And there are amazingly creative people in working working in all forms of media and marketing and all that sort of stuff. And very few of those people are just getting inspired by the place that they work. So just getting inspired by other media, just getting inspired by other marketing. The the best in the business around the world, they're looking at like, you know, expanding way beyond in, in terms of where they get their inspiration from. It's like whether it's nature documentary or making a murder or the ways in which stories are being told out there and or, or if they jump in onto TikTok and it's like, well, hang on a second, let's talk about um, transition videos, like the, the uh, changing outfits, the way that people are telling stories on there. Let's talk about lip syncing. Let's talk about all that sort of stuff as their own genre that has their own conventions that are, are showing up and people are starting to write the new rules of new forms of media. And that's just going to trickle down. People are going to throw it into somewhere else. One of the great examples is Apple recently came out, out with an ad uh, called Vertical Cinema where they shot the entire thing, invested a lot of money, Damien Chazelle, Oscar-winning director, into shooting an entire ad in vertical. Not shooting it in horizontal and then converting it to vertical, but shooting it in vertical. That's normally just me taking videos with my phone by mistake. (laughs) So true. And I always make it. I do it (laughs) so wrong. You love a vertical in case. (laughs) So they did that on purpose. Yeah. And And, and is that just to create the feel that it was done it was done on purpose, but done maybe by mistake. I think that it was no, like I think that it, what it does, <laughs> I think what it talks about is the fact that in film we've always thought in the horizontal, always thought about yes. sixteen by nine, always thought about widescreen, and so this is like a paradigm shift to flip that one hundred and eighty degrees. I reckon he was just having a bad day and he messed it up. <laughs> I would be fascinated but to look know at us though. Th- but, let, but listen, look, listen to us think about this. Mm. How deep we dive into this yeah you know you know the reason why i think it penetrates right now right is tiktok and instagram stories yes the vertical format is one of the most watched formats in the world and yet all of the film snobs have rejected it for however long yeah i would love to know from kind of a brain you know, neurological brain um, perspective, <laughs> what that does though, what what mm-hmm. whether that kind of affects the way that we're consuming and ingesting what's happening on the screen. I mm. would be very interested to know whether that would have a difference. You go away and find that out for me, please, Mike. <laughs> Artistically, it's super interesting because you get all of these amazing leading lines in terms of they it's things uh, in terms of like a road suddenly looks incredibly kind of captivating because it has these leading lines that lead away from camera Uh, and and they use staircases a lot and corridors and all these sorts of things Mm. that look really interesting in vertical when they don't in horizontal. A whole new vertical world. A total tangent. But look at us talking about it and, you know, it's just 
we are we are we starting? Is this part of their plan? Is to make us think harder <laughs> while we're watching watch, watching their ads and and yeah. actually leading us down the track and pathway to purchasing something? It's new and exciting. I tell you what, there's another crazy one that we just covered recently on the Weekend Brand Storytelling, which is this weekly mini marketing chat show that we do um, that Tinder put out called Swipe Night. What's what's Tinder? <laughs> so Tinder is a dating app, Nick. All right. Uh, Sorry. Been out of the game for a while. Oh. And, and essentially what it was, was it, or the last two weekends, they've put out uh, this interactive video series, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure that plays completely in vertical. Right. And this, as the story plays out, you have options, and you can either do X or Y. And depending on how you swipe means that's who you can match with after the video is over. Wow. The people that made the same decisions that you did. Whoa. So talk about brain chemistry and decision making. Yeah, but that's also kind of creepy too that you're being monitored like (laughs) that for your choices. Hang on. Just just the whole thing online, swiping left and right, is just creepy (laughs) altogether. True. What have they happened to going down the pub having a couple of uh, beers and – Meeting the uh, the now if you do other. that you see it as the weirdo <laughs> yeah yeah well I'll be weirdo all you like um, Mike I want to talk to you a little bit about podcasting you've been podcasting for years it's mm. it's you know I sort of feel a little shy oh, and, and, and nervous doing this around you but you know what is it about podcasting that you love I love that it's somewhere you can go deep and you don't have to stick around on the surface level I think a lot of content has gone micro. And yep. I think that, that podcasting, because I can listen to it while I'm doing the gardening, while I'm riding my bike, oh, that's one of my absolute favorites is riding down the PSP on the touring road bike uh, and just listening to a podcast, feeling like I'm getting two for one. What's a yeah. PSP? <laughs> um, Perth Cycling Path? Or, no, I'm getting oh, wow. that wrong. Somebody's you gonna... sounded very Tour de France just then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually thought he was talking about a video game, like, like the PlayStation <laughs> or something like that. I, I, was, I was just going to go with it because it's too hip and cool for me. But, but also, it, like, the, one of the, I'm just going to ignore that. One of the reasons why I initially got into podcasting was I just loved this idea that it was in, I, I like to think really deeply and I like to, to ask people questions. But so often it comes across as intimidating if you meet somebody and then just ask them a bunch of questions. Yep. But on a podcast, perfect opportunity to be like, so hey, true. can I get you in a room for an hour and just ask you every question that I've ever wanted to ask you? <laughs> it, is, it is amazing the power of a microphone yeah. in front of you yeah. and also to the kind of chats and conversations. Look at this one we've had for 25 minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> Mike, for brands though, for experts, for commentators, a lot mm. of people, a lot of the questions that Lana and I get asked a lot is uh, should I start a podcast? Should I be part of this? So true. What What are some of the tips around doing this? Because we've all heard really poor podcasts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not this one. Uh, <laughs> we've heard really good ones that we yep. continue to go back for, but there is it's a very small percentage of those that sort of do shine and, and, and excel in this space. Okay. So for me, um, number one, you're always going to be learning. Yep. Every time you do a new podcast, you'll learn something new. Number two is the sales opportunities. Your yep. guest list can also be your sales list. It shouldn't always be like that, but that's a, a part of it. Uh, step three is that it improves the network opportun- uh, the network effects of working with you, right? Yes. Because suddenly it's like, hang on a second. Oh, um, La- Lana's friends with Mike. I've actually been wanting to speak to Mike for a while. Maybe I'll work with them so that I can get the introduction to Mike. Yes, and then uh, the other side of things is just um, you, you build your authority as an expert in the space um, that you can stay. And, and sometimes that's just through being 
curious, right? Just being the one asking the questions and yet still people confer that authority and that status to you as the expert in the space because you ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, so so much gold there, Lana, because uh, I'll use one example. One of our experts in the financial space, Julia Shortinghouse, yes. or as I like to refer to as Julia Shortinghouse. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know what it is, but uh, her podcast yes. that she's been developing and building is just booming mm. because not only is it something that she's passionate and loves, but she's getting to do exactly what you were saying there, Mike, is that, that she gets in front of all the people that she needs to be working with. She and, and it's not just a, hey, can we go, can I catch up for your coffee? No, no, that can't happen. Can I catch up with you for a podcast? Yeah. Oh, God. There's something in it for them. They can't get there quick enough. Yeah, absolutely. So there is just something to be said about podcasts. So if you've been thinking about doing a podcast out there, Keep thinking. Keep don't don't just think about it. Go away and do it because it, it is incredibly powerful, Lana Hill. It is, yes. But I think, as you said, keep thinking <laughs> Bef- because it does need to have a purpose sure. as well. Absolutely. And I think something you said before, Mike, was you know uh, in terms of the uh, client you're working with at the mm. moment, go with what you're good at. If yeah. if you're a weapon at you know written content, go there. If you mm-hmm. have the kind of interpersonal skills and the and the crazy personality to do podcasting, like. The three of us sitting here oh, right now. Some are more crazy uh, than others, <laughs> Lana. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to go where your strengths lie, I think, rather than just creating more pollution because yes. there is a lot of pollution out start there. Start with strategy. Yeah. And then at the same Always. time, start, you know, start with why, start with strategy and then think, um, are, are my clients the kind of cl- people that listen to podcasts? Because one, something like one in nine Australians uh, listen to podcasts regularly. They also listen to about seven different podcasts yeah. and about nine episodes a week. Yeah. And so that, that small percentage are so highly engaged. Yep. And then five out of nine listen to one, one a month. But yep. it's like, is, is my person in that super highly engaged? And then can I enter in and be one of the seven shows that they listen to every week? It's such an important message and strategy. I love the concept, the strategy concept. You know, make mm. sure that you're not just doing it for the sake of doing it, that you do have a plan around who you're communicating with, how you're going to do it, where's your target audience, and also, too, why is your podcast different to all the others that are out there? Don't just replicate and do a a podcast that's already been done. You want to show yourself your unique qualities, the reason why people work with you. Yep. Fair to say. Exactly. Well said, in case. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was a statement, not a question. <laughs> um, well done. Hey, uh, there, there you go. 30 minutes. How many podcasts do you reckon you've done in your lifetime? Oh, maybe 150. 150? Yeah. Wow. Oh, mate. Jeez, I'm catching. I'm catching you. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon we're catching you? Yeah, well I, well, I did a little podcast called The Brand Newsroom. I before, recall. Yeah, yeah, that you ran absolutely dominated for that. For four years. Yeah. Every week. And there's another message out to anyone. If you're planning to do this. Be consistent. Be consistent. 100%. Delivered at the same time every week. Delivered at the time that your consumers want it and everything like that. God, there's some good stuff. We should make this another podcast because uh, I'm love podcasting. And I, 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 we should. A podcast the, about podcasting. <laughs> well, Lana, we, we've done a lot. We t- all we do talk about is the effects, you know, in particularly traditional media, radio, television, print, and online. And podcasting is just another form of media. It certainly is. And mm-hmm. uh, I think people really should start considering it. Mike, great to have you on the Experts Podcast. Great to be here. And uh, and welcome <laughs> aboard to Media Stable. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, yes. uh, that's just uh, we got him to sign on the dotted line just before he came on. You can't wow. get on until you. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but. 
great to have you there. If people want to get tell you what, co- it took a long time to get here. <laughs> About 13 steps. Yeah. Hang on. Demelza Leonard, uh, only seven steps. Yeah, that's right. There it's easier go. for her. She's got the record. The traffic. Huh? The traffic. Oh, get out of the way. <laughs> hey, um, if people want to find out more about Dear Storyteller, how do they do that? Best way to head, uh, best thing to do is to head to dearstoryteller.com uh, or to watch us on YouTube on The Week in Brand Storytelling, a.k.a. Twibs. Twibs. Um, it's Twibs. our weekly mini marketing chat show. So yeah. millennial, breaking it down. So Twibs. millennial. Twibs. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> hey, uh, but it's Maybe very- we should do a cartoon format. That'd be cool. Do it. All right. We're going well over time. We're, 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 okay, we're, quick. We're heading up. up to the 32 minutes bar. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining the Experts Podcast. Look forward to having your company next week when we get to talk to another expert or another member of the media. Catch you next week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.